Hello and welcome to Switch It. The Old Trafford test ended before it had begun, but the recriminations are likely only just getting started. Fears of Covid in the India camp led to the fifth and final game of the series being abandoned just hours before it was supposed to start, after lengthy negotiations with the ECB. What happens next remains unclear. Not since they closed the Hacienda has Manchester played host to such a mind-bending all-nighter. The rise of cancelled culture has now hit Test cricket, but we're all about providing a platform. So joining me to talk through the anticlimactic conclusion to an already memorable series are a couple of ESPN Cricket Info's top news hounds, George DeBell and Nagraj Golapudi, two men who don't so much spill the tea as destroy the china and throw the kettle in the bin. What happened and what next? Those are just two of the questions we'll try to answer. Uh, hello, gents. Hope you're both well and the phones have stopped buzzing for a bit. Um, George, those listening won't be able to see this, but you are still in Manchester. Um, how is the, the Linton Travel Tavern? <laughs> um, I, I'm in the team hotel, the Lowry, which is lovely. Um, <laughs> by the time I, I had some hotel trouble and it was the only place left. And they wouldn't give me the money back once the game was called off. So I thought I might as well make, make a weekend of it. And I have. <laughs> so it, it's been fun. And some of the, some of the England... Uh, uh, squad are still here as well, slightly bizarrely. Um, so it's been fun, thank you. Uh, but that's neither here nor there, is it? Um, you're asking about the cricket. Um, well, 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 yeah. I mean, this is, this isn't the first bit of COVID drama you've covered with England, but um, it, it's it must be up there with uh, <laughs> the more significant events to have uh, hit the schedule over the last year and a half or so. Losing a Test match high on the um, the list of ECB things that they didn't want to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not just losing the Test match. I think if we had heard that it was called off 24 hours before, uh, we probably all would have understood and reluctantly accepted that. But uh, to do it, I don't know, less than two hours before the toss, uh, was um, it felt like a catastrophe, particularly for spectators, I think. I mean, obviously, very difficult for broadcasters, uh, very difficult for, for the teams, but uh, really, really unpleasant um, for the for the spectators who are blameless, you know, who who had literally arrived. There were people arriving at the ground and finding out outside that um, it was off. And I know that we always take a chance when we go watch cricket in England because of the weather, but um, <laughs> it actually wasn't that bad a day. Uh, so it's very unfortunate. You're right, there is precedent. Um, I think Nags and I both thought 24 hours out there was a fair chance the game could be off there was a whole round of testing uh, I think again we were probably primed to expect there may be some failed tests then there weren't I wonder if I wonder if some in the Indian camp kind of hoped that one or two might get COVID very mildly and, and, made, and made the decision very easy but they didn't and um, so it's sort of five or six o'clock we were fairly confident the game was going to be on and then as the evening wore on, I don't know, 10, 10.30, started to get messages that it was very clear that uh, people in the India camp were very uncomfortable and genuinely uncomfortable about playing. And also the prospect of the quarantine uh, in the UAE became ever more apparent. Um, and uh, it was, it's a combination of things. It's not just about the IPL, but the IPL is unquestionably a factor, just as when England came back from South Africa, the Big Bash was a factor. So there are a lot of parallels, and England are certainly not blameless. There are differences too, of course. I don't think there was a vaccine around when uh, England came back from the uh, South Africa tour. But, you know, uh, there are parallels and there are differences. 
Yeah, um, Naga, good to have you on on the pod again. You were uh, were, were tracking this story um, from from its first sort of stages. First of all, how much sleep did you actually get on Thursday night? Um, <laughs> and uh, and well, George has touched on it, kind of uh, when when the fears began to set in. But uh, when when did it become clear to you that India's players were pretty dead set against playing? Thanks, Alan, for getting me in. Hi, George. <laughs> so, as George has a story, I have my story. On Wednesday morning, I was scheduled to travel to Old Trafford to watch India's training. And uh, I was at Euston Station and there was a signal failure somewhere in somewhere, someplace and all trains got cancelled. So, I tried to look at different routes to get there, but it was proving to be very difficult. So, I was just walking out of Euston Station and I get a call. Yogesh Parma, the assistant physio, test positive. And that sets the ball rolling and just like <laughs> for the next few hours we're just like reporting and this the test the test is already in danger according to certain people. Already in danger. Uh this is like we are talking day minus what uh whatever. Uh, two, two days before, yeah. Two days before, yeah. And like uh, what to do and there's nothing coming out of the Indian camp. And believe it or not, like till Thursday midnight, midnight, this is my last call I make. Part of India's team management had no idea what was happening. Um, the players had put their foot down by then. One source tells me that they've been asked to pack their bags. And this is again close to midnight, so I don't know what to do. And so if George would <laughs> relate to that, that he, even he was aware of that, it's just that how do we confirm it? How do we like put out a story like that, that it is likely to be off. And this is five hours or four hours after we had reported that the test is on. Because <laughs> yes, everyone had cleared because, the Because test of those, those, so those there was so much confusion happening. And then suddenly next morning this happens that they've been asked to pack their bags and they're leaving and all that. So a lot of confusion. And the biggest fear for them, as uh, it's widely reported now, is the leadership group in, of India felt that this is not a good situation to be in. They had certain questions. One of them being apparently, George can add more on this, is like the dressing room at Old Trafford, it's closed, right? So you can't sit outside. So they were really bothered. What if one of us gets in the middle of the test match? Or what are we going to do? There's going to be a, a wider outbreak. And they didn't even care about the IPL at that point. They were more concerned about, some of them were concerned about their families and they were traveling with kids. I don't want, they, they they found England as a very safe and secure place. That's why they were roaming around the streets and going to restaurants, etc. But what if I fall sick, which means my family has to isolate. I have a year old or two year old or a six year old. What do I do with them? Do I just leave them? It's impossible. I don't want to get into the situation. Let's not do that. And so for once, amazingly, the players did take on the BCCI and told them that I'm not playing. And um, so we sort of understand this was uh, a form of uh, <clears throat> some sort of letter written on behalf of the senior players and, and presented to the ECB. Is that right? I don't know. I didn't check. George can add more, but I do not know whether there was ever a, because one one media organization says it was written to the BCCI, one says it's written to the ECB. So I don't know who wrote the letter <laughs> and why would the players write a letter unless they do. It's the BCCI that needs to be mm -hmm. writing anything if it has to. So I'm not sure, to be honest. Really. But yeah, as you say, either way, it had become clear that um, there was an unwillingness to get on the field. And, and George, kind of, we went through a lot of these issues, I suppose, um, 
not quite a year ago, but when, when England were in South Africa, um, concerns, uh, you know, the, those fears within the, the team environment of, of being stuck in isolation, being stuck in a foreign country, um, concerns about, uh, well, no, family probably wasn't so much of an issue that, um, for, for England. Yeah, it was, because it was, it was, it was, it was, it was this, very similar. Um, it was before Christmas, remember? Mm. And some of them were worried about getting COVID. <laughs> you know, fair enough. Yep. Some of them were worried about uh, their big bash contracts, which is, again, sort of fair enough and understandable, very similar. And some were worried about whether they're going to spend Christmas and not being able to spend it with their families. So, it was, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't really have a, a view about whether these things are right or wrong. I'm just, you know, the, there were similarities in the situation. And, um, yeah, uh, so that there was precedent. Uh, England had yeah. also come back from Sri Lanka, uh, in what was that March 2020? About mm, maybe, yes. maybe um, <laughs> uh, uh, again a lot of uncertainty about at the time. Certainly no vaccines, mm. and they might have had to do that as well because there was a possibility that they could have then been stuck in Sri Lanka for several months. But <laughs> yeah, like, is, that, like that member of the Barmy Army. <laughs> yeah, so, th- so there is precedent for these things happening. Um, uh, but the, the really unfortunate thing is the the, the late notice, um, which seems mm. terribly disrespectful to spectators. I think it probably is, to be fair. Mm. You know, and it should have probably should have been called off. I, I spoke to uh, quite, uh, people from other um, nations, uh, other nations' chief executives, and they thought that the game should have been called off the day before. And if their teams had been involved, they probably mm. would have done that. You know, a day or two out. Uh, in a way, when you look back, maybe we were lucky to get the oval test finished. Mm, yes, because uh, of course the um, India camp had had COVID positives uh, a week earlier. Uh, Naga, um, the coach uh, Ravi Shastri, um, two other members of the backroom staff, I think, tested positive, and, and there were um, four isolating after that uh, altogether. Um, <laughs> the, 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 one of the questions here is uh, is where this outbreak came from, obviously that the teams weren't really operating in a in a, a sort of biosecure bubble state uh, anymore. But uh, a lot of um, mention has been made of Ravi Shastri's book launch, um, which I think had taken place in, in the week, sort of leading up to the Oval Test. Um, <laughs> was he patient zero, uh, as far as we we understand? And and I mean, I think Sir Ganguly has confirmed that the BCCI didn't know about the book launch. But um, were India's players also in attendance? At this and is it, it was that a cause for concern? Do you think? Well, it was the day before the test match, so it's all definitely a cause for concern. I mean, it, it was a very well kept secret. Known the media didn't know it; only the invited people knew about it. And mm. uh, the day before, when I came to know, I just asked that question: Was there a release sent or something? And nothing. And was there a permission sort? Nothing came up. And I don't know whether to trust Sorokongli or not. As we have seen <laughs> yesterday, I don't say trust in that <laughs> sense because we don't know what happened. He would BCCI would be aware if because the entire Indian squad went there. There were pictures out of there, so the BCCI was clearly aware of in some form of it, whether it was given in writing, whether the manager was told about it. That's, those are uh, questions that are relevant at this stage. But yes, uh, going back to the biosecure bubble, there were no boundaries. There was nothing. I'm guessing they were only asked not to go to crowded places, which they maintain. But at the same time, it kind of, when you are, when your team, a part of your squad is traveling on uh, trains between cities. They travel for after Headingley. Some of them travel to London uh, on train. So did did he pick it up at Headingley? And at Headingley they were. Uh, I was not at Headingley. George can confirm that. I I don't know whether they were walking. They they could meet any members of the public. 
on their way to the ground. I'm not sure about that. So if did he pick it up there? There was no. Uh, I don't even know if there is any sort of uh, inquiry done because these these are like uh, in as part of the fallout. You need to identify where people have picked it up from because if you think that you're living, they they were living in a sort of a very porous bubble where they mm. restricted themselves to the team hotel. But even at the team hotel, some of the members have told me that they could walk, they had to walk past members of the public. So it's not like there was no exclusivity anymore. So it's, mm. it's the different questions. And Shastri has been very relaxed about it. In his one interview he gave to Midday, he said that, look, the country was open. What do you say to that? The country was open and we are double vaccinated. And Shasi has maintained that, that if I'm double vaccinated, why do I need to worry about it? He said that when, <laughs> yeah, remember he said that in July when Rishabh Pant uh, picked it up and mm. then another member of India's support staff picked it up and then India's head bowling coach had to isolate. So Shasi was like, I'm missing my right arm, man, but I don't understand this logic of if I'm double vaxxed, why am I being asked to as a close contact to? And Mm. Two months later or a month later, UK government agreed to that, right? They, they said that immediate contact, don't need to isolate anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of reflective of how long India have been been over here that, that this wasn't their first um, COVID outbreak, as you say. <laughs> they, they had players uh, and staff quarantining up in, in Durham. And and also the fact that the rules have changed in that time. Um, and George, I mean, Tom Harrison has <clears throat> talked about this at, at points over the summer. Um, the idea that... that sustaining bubbles biosecure bubbles in the way they did last year you know wasn't wasn't really sustainable wasn't a viable um option this time around so it had to be more about um common sense and so on but i suppose one one question that uh, that seems to sort of fall into the gap here is that the um end of the England series was always going to come up very close to uh we should have been playing today potentially um was going to come very close to the start of the IPL which is on uh, on Sunday and um the, the, so the apparently had been an idea that players could transfer straight from here to there because it would be sort of bubble to bubble but if there was not a bubble in operation here then they were always likely to have to uh, face some quarantine issues I'm guessing I don't know that I don't think the quarantine uh, period was always there actually no I think that's been uh, reintroduced quite recently look I don't remember when England had to name a second string squad for some ODIs fairly recently didn't they and I don't remember anyone blaming the England players who caught Covid Mm. So I, I would be quite uh, resistant to the idea that it's all Shastri's fault. You know that <laughs> that is properly victim blaming. So he, he, I had no idea where he caught COVID. I'm not entitled to even an opinion about it. Um, it, it you cannot expect people to be in bubbles now. Um, I think being an Indian player is quite demanding at the best of times, and um, some degree of protection from their. Um, or some privacy from supporters and stuff is probably necessary and uh, they, they they were told to be basically sensible well there's a lot of people getting COVID and uh, when we reflect maybe we were lucky to get as much cricket as we did as I say so uh, I, yeah I, I, I feel very uncomfortable about the sort of Shastri blaming <laughs> uh, having said that uh, I do think that the IPL is still relevant that doesn't mean it's wrong. It's just it, it's a factor. The, the IPL is a priority. Um, they've got to this stage, and yeah, if they had, if anyone had caught it, they would have been 
are forced to stay in Manchester for a minimum of another 10 days, they would have, yeah, they would have missed the start and their families would have been stuck with them as well. They wouldn't have been separated from their families. Um, but they, they, yeah, so so there are legitimate concerns. I mean, there, there are some things that I'm hearing, that, you know, they, you can sit outside in Manchester. There, there is a, a balcony. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're good facilities in Manchester. They're a good hotel they're in as well. Um, I do still get the impression that they wanted out. Yeah. But that doesn't, that's not to say that there weren't some legitimate fears. Um, uh, just to quickly add to your question about mm. if in case they were traveling, if the test match happened and they, it would have mm. meant they would have traveled tomorrow, ideally September 15th yeah. is when they would have traveled and that would be four days before the IPL starts. So the plan apparently was, I think, they would maintain a strict bubble during the test match, which means they would not go anymore outside. They would be like, I think right. at the hotel, I'm not sure where they were staying, but they would maintain They stayed at the Radisson. Oh, they stayed at the Radisson, oh, okay. yeah. So, so I don't know if um, they, they had kind of drawn up that sort of plan, which... Uh, mm-hmm. There's only, it's not like it was last year. You know, the, the, these bubbles, are, they yeah. are not the only people using the lifts. They are not the only people touching uh, their door handles. You know, it's not like it was last year. Mm. Uh, and it can't be. And, and, and for, you know, in lots of ways, they don't want it to be like that. One other slight discrepancy... Uh, that um, troubles me a little bit is that they, after they were all tested on Thursday and they all came back negative, there was a sense that, uh, okay, but the virus could be lying dormant within the squad, so let's get the hell out of town before someone tests positive. Well, if you actually think that, you sit still, yeah? You don't go travelling. You don't move around. You don't spread the virus. Well, which is it, fellas? Yeah, uh, well, I guess it's... That is um, an inconsistency, yeah? It's it's uh, perhaps hard to think so rationally when you're uh, in that sort of situation and, and as we've discussed, worrying about family and so on. But yes, if you think you've got you it, then... Question, but the other question is, did the BCCI ever uh, tell the players, OK, fine, if three or four of you don't want to play, fair enough, I'll put a second team. I want to know mm. that. That's one question I don't know has... No, that's a good question. And funnily enough, see, this is the thing that it shouldn't be India criticised and England aren't. They have both teams have made very similar decisions at different times. Mm. And England are going through the same arguments right now about the Ashes. They really are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is a very, very strong possibility that the entire squad will say we're going to stand united as one and not go. Not just the playing squad either, the coaching staff. It really could happen. Equally, there are some who seem happy to go. Uh, and there are some who definitely, I don't think, will go. And a lot of it is about the requirements for the bio-bubble in Australia. It is quite demanding. Mm-hmm. And they do, whatever they might be saying publicly, you know, they, the quarantine is going to be quite hard. They might get two hours out a day to do exercise. And, and the players will kind of put up with that, but they're not going to put their families through it. <laughs> uh, and they're not going to be away for four months at a time. Because if you go to the IPL and then the World Cup and then... The, uh, the ashes. It is four months. Mm. They're not going to put their families through it, and um, so it, it, it's an incredibly complex situation where people are right from their side and they're wrong from another side. But actually, they're just really complex situations. And uh, mm. you could, if you look at it from the, each individual's perspective, you can see it. But what should never have happened is that spectators are turning up at nine o'clock the morning of a test match to be told it's off. 
Yeah, and, and of course, the reason that um, the IPL has become a problem in terms of the schedule here is that it was uh, postponed once earlier because of COVID. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> well, it'll be the third window within just over a year, won't it? Well, uh, we yeah, well, yeah, three yeah, IPL yeah, when, and we're not even talking about not even talking about the twenty twenty edition. Yeah, um, so I mean, because because uh, Naga, there had been some talk earlier in the tour about the BCCI wanting hoping maybe asking maybe not but you know the suggestion that the Manchester test could be moved a bit or or brought right the way forward um to sort of clash with the hundred or things like that I mean it the the, the Manchester test it, it ultimately being cancelled or, or, or postponed or forfeited or, or you know wherever we uh whatever we eventually call it um is a coincidence, really, but it, that, that's where some of the conspiracy theories come from, the fact that there was always this issue with its scheduling or with the scheduling of everything as a whole because cricket can't <laughs> ever do anything other than sort of fill a gap with a, with more cricket. Yeah, but I don't think the fact that they agreed to play, which means they would have played. So we have to go with that. It's not that yeah. they didn't want to <laughs> play around with the ECB in that sense. Uh, but the question now remains is what happens... Are we going to play this test match as what? What? That is a key question. And, you know, and I don't when? want to ask the board. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to ask the board. I want to ask Virat Kohli and Joe Root that question. What do you want to do? Do they even get involved <laughs> in this? These are the guys who are... I, I think that question they should answer. The boards will obviously think about monetary things and etc. But mm. what does Joe Root want to do? Does he want to play this as a test match or does he want to play two extra T20s? Does it? Well, he doesn't play T20. So, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the the tests are worth more to the broadcasters, aren't they? Mm. They're worth more to the grounds too, because it's five days instead of an afternoon. Mm. So, you, you, I mean, you know, at a push, you could play the two T20s on the same day. I mean, you could. Yeah. Is, is it so just ten a, T20s? That's what. We're I mean, if you can play a blast semis and yeah, tournaments have had. I mean, it does happen, doesn't yes, it? Yes. Uh, the, the other thing is with this that I think at the end of. India's one-day tour to England in 2022. I think they're due in Antigua the next day. I'm pretty sure they are. Mm. So who? So again, <laughs> who is punished? West Indies. <laughs> I mean, it's so unfair. So the idea that there is any room in the fixture list is ludicrous. You, you'll, you'll find a gap for something. You'll just say, oh, look, England. England have a bit of space there. Uh, <laughs> England's players may be able to exhale and see their family or something like that. But actually, no. I think India fly out the day after that series and they're meant to be in Antigua to play tests. Yeah? Is that right, Nex? Yes. I think they're meant to be playing tests sure against cricket. I'm sure Johnny Grave is already like wondering, oh, God, what am I? Of course he is. Of course he is. Who do you think told me? <laughs> <laughs> he must be like, oh, they, they, Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be the losers. They're clearly. Uh, yeah. The least powerful nations will again be shunted into the background. I mean, <clears> you know, hopefully that, that will happen, but... They've already had to uh, shift the CPL to accommodate the IPL. I mean, there are so many knock-on effects to all these things, and and, and we all understand that the IPL is uh, creates the most money, and that the players want to play it for, because it's the most money and it's high-quality cricket and all that. No one's disputing that, but it is not victimless when you just say, "Let's have another IPL window later in the year." There are massive ramifications for this, and a lot of people will be listening. So I could give it to him. I like the IPL. Well, fair play. But there are other people in the world who it really, really matters to. But there's so much that's been moved to accommodate the IPL. It's it's obvious that yeah. the, you have, uh, I think, uh, are England going to Bangladesh? They were meant to go to Bangladesh. 
Uh, yes, they well, they yeah. agreed to def- sort of defer Correct. the tour. Um, uh, I don't know what is England, Pakistan. What's happening with England's tour of Pakistan? That might still go ahead. Well, they might yet. They might yet play a test series of Pakistan instead. <laughs> I mean, no, really. Uh, you know, two weeks ago they're talking about, oh, do we want to go to Pakistan? And now they go, well, we don't want to go to the Ashes. I mean, there's so many things. As I understand it, I should have written this. Really, England's players have said have suggested they play two tests in the Ashes this year and three next year. They, so they split the Ashes. I mean, I mean, I don't think that's... And equally, there's a possibility that... I think it's very unlikely that England will go to Perth for the Ashes. I don't think there'll be a Perth test. So there could be two Sydney tests at the end of that Ashes tour, for example. What are the chances that, say, Stuart Broad could be captain of England's Ashes side? Well, somebody like that, anyway. There are so many possibilities, and none of them are ridiculous right now. Well, as I say, we, we potentially already have the precedent here of a, a, a series, test series split over a well, well, year. Yeah, what, do you, um, what, what do you think it should be? Should it be the final test is played next year? What do you think, Nags? Is it 2-1 with one to play for, for a year? What do you think, Nags? Not answer. I want Joe Root and Coley to answer because both of them <laughs> wanted to win the series. Both of them were fighting tooth and nail for that. There's a lot of pride involved here. Or not lose the series in England's not, case. No, but yeah. I, mean, I, I seriously feel that if, if, if I have to... If you put me in a hot seat, I think they will play. They would want a test match. They would want to play two. I think so too. Yes, they would want a test as, match. as as part of the series. Yes, um, as part yeah. of the series because well, they I don't because are... every time you ask Tom Harrison the question, he gives you a different answer. So, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so we had yeah yes, right. So, we'll so, so we had we had a I, I had a briefing in the morning, being told that there was no uh, insurance payment if it was a COVID cancellation. Okay. I've got it in writing, I mean, really clearly, from people who know what they're talking about. Then, so, And I was asked, right, brief your colleagues, let them all know that's the situation. So I do this. And then Tom Harrison goes on Sky and goes, yeah, we're insured. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> texting and saying, um, that's not what we were told. Are you sure that's right? No, it turns out it isn't right. So I better come and do another press conference where I totally contradict what I said earlier. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> when I said it was going to be a standalone test match, it might not be. <laughs> it could well. I mean, this yesterday, Saurav Ganguly um, Nagraj, I think, spoke to a couple of different outlets. Initially, he said, um, "I'm going to get this the wrong way around." Probably initially, he said it had to be a one-off, and then he later said, "No, it should be part of the, the series continuation of the." Of, I mean, we wouldn't know what series, he was asked so. originally. To be fair, we wouldn't know what is asked yeah. originally. But uh, our office guys thankfully did go and check with him and then he corrected him he not corrected he said no that's not the case he won he said it's continuation it would be continuation but it sort of makes sense that it would be different things sorry it sort of makes sense that it would be because then you don't have to have the insurance thing you don't have to have the forfeit argument Mm. And and that forfeit argument looked as if it was going to get real ugly for a little while. And they won't so, want a bad blood between these two boys. They're not right. going to have it. They so so the compromise it. solution, yes. as Max says, is to just have this test match to complete the series in eleven months' time. So start, I mean, that's, start that's the tour a, with a test match. Start the tour with a test match at Old Trafford and finish it off. Find a window. Do what you that's want. That's a disadvantage for India. Bear in mind that I think most people would agree India were easily the better side. I mean, England were holding on, weren't they? Two one, really, uh, and they yeah. had a you know punch's chance of drawing the series. England, England get uh, Ben Stokes and Jofra Archer back. It could happen, time. couldn't it? I mean, it's not incre- it's not impossible that that could happen, and it's also not impossible that India could be like they were when they played New Zealand, caught a little bit cold in English conditions. Mm. They would have left Pujara and Rahani out. <laughs> hey, am I right? They were still going to leave out. So Jadeja wasn't going to play, but they were still going to leave out Ashwin. Yeah. Umbra was not going to play. <laughs> yeah, but was was Jadeja? 
But Jadeja was not going to play. So Bumka yeah, so and Jadeja were not going to play. Ashwin Patel was going to play. Ashwin Patel was still going to play in front of Ashwin. So imagine how much fun that would have been. Imagine Ashwin's face. <laughs> we would so, have been well, talking uh, about it today, fifth day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. And I thought it was going to turn too. Imagine I'm, I'm, Ashwin is their third choice spinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <but, laughs> We, this, this. Uh, I mean, if we do play the series, uh, finish the series next summer, we can can continue to have speculation about whether Ashwin get would get in the team for another uh, ten months or so, which you know I think we'd all enjoy. I mean, the, the the this is one of the key questions, isn't it? And um, uh, whether the the game is uh, is deemed to have been um, well acceptable non-compliance uh, is the phrase I think that the ICC use uh, for COVID-19 related um, abandonments or, or issues with fulfilling fixtures which is different to forfeiture which is refusing to play um, I mean George you've sort of alluded to it there and that kind of the boards are pretty chummy these days they they maybe don't want to get into a, um, a, a, a real dust up but the 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 ICC dispute resolution committee does exist for this reason um do you think it will go that far or or is this kind of this compromise of shoveling in a a, a test to fill the 30 million gap in in ECB finances um 10 months down the line is that perhaps the the least worst outcome it is isn't it it, it's not Apart right. from the fact it's more cricket in an already, you know... Yeah, and, <laughs> and the fact that it doesn't um, recoup the vast amount of money spent on hotels and tickets by people. <laughs> but, that, that, you know, um, we are where we are, and you want to avoid, you know, major fallout. It, it, it becomes quite difficult for the ICC uh, to decide, you know, was this a COVID cancellation? It was... COVID was definitely relevant, but it's difficult to say that they couldn't feel the team because... They had 20 players who had tested negative for COVID. But the fear of COVID is very mm. valid and real and genuine. I, I, I wouldn't want to be the person who had to make that decision. It'd be very difficult. So why? Let, let's just avoid it. I mean, mm. I, I think we can avoid it, can't we? And, and well, just, and just yeah, agree to yeah. have this test. I'm, I'm happy to. If ever... <laughs> but remember the ECB's first media release? Yes. I do. Well, I mean, it, was, thing, it was there yeah. for 30 seconds. <laughs> And, and they deleted, uh, and they said India have forfeited. And, yeah. and at that it was, time... It was up on the big screen, wasn't it? it, it at that time Catholic. of day. So I don't know when we started having this conversation that morning. Seven o'clock or something, I was on to you guys, wasn't I? Saying, basically, I think this is off. And um, from sort of seven to ten o'clock, I think it's fair to say, the ECB were briefing pretty hard. You know, this is player power. This is mm. a forfeit. This, you know... And then Tom Harrison comes on, he says the opposite. He just literally says, it's got nothing to do with the IPL. Let me be clear, this has nothing. Well, that's nonsense. I mean, come on. It's not necessarily a criticism to, to, to be saying the IPL is relevant. It's clearly a factor because it's in the schedule and it's a priority. Mm. Did, you guys read, it's did you guys listen to Kohli's uh, two lines when he landed in Dubai? No. Unfortunate how we ended up early, but with COVID in place, things are very uncertain. So anything can happen anytime. There so you go. This is what he's... he just—he just landed. <laughs> we, we got a view of his charter flight. You should check that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when Ronaldo was flying to to Lisbon or whatever, and everyone. I mean, it's was, amazing uh... that they had a 
the the RCB cameraman was also working uh, this time um, uh, as a consultant for BCCI. So they were lucky that there was some guy who filmed this journey wow. from Manchester. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny yeah. that how swiftly things have moved. Like uh, well, ex- we've not exactly. even done a series review. It's so sad, right? It was such a nice series. And we've not even done a series review. Uh, good <coughs> well, point. yeah, I mean, it, it was a brilliant series. Still is. I mean, you could argue. Um, but it, interestingly, of course, a lot of people failed COVID tests during the last IPL, and I don't remember the same fear. I mean, it did. Uh, they were in their home country, I suppose, but uh, or at least the the India the India players. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, no, it's it's not just the IPL. The hundred people failed COVID tests, and it seemed that they didn't have any close contacts. It was extraordinary. The game <laughs> well, just yeah. carried on. But if someone in a county championship game fails a COVID test, the game's the pulled whole, off. Two, two sides the whole team just disappear. Went into, yeah. uh, absolutely extraordinary how the priorities change when the finances go up. <laughs> no, yes, and, and, this is, and it does, it does make you that. cynical. No, it does make said, you cynical, doesn't it? No, it's a good point. But in the IPL, what BCCI tried to do was oh, we will take care of you. And, you know, when the first cases started emerging in one of the franchises and the BCC said they sent a letter to the thing, we'll take care of you, we'll make sure, et cetera, et cetera. But then when you had two different cities and five teams and six players, et cetera, and it started growing, they had no choice but to call it mm. out because players were start, suddenly starting to make noise. They were worried. These same players, to an extent, they were... For a little time, they kept quiet, they kept quiet, but they knew that this was not stopping anymore. So I think mm. that was a wise decision, thankfully, uh, but delayed. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you, you know, we all know there's there's an extent um, with COVID that uh, uh, mental health issues are there um, inextricably linked. You know, uh, you know um, whether uh, Tom Harrison or the ECB sort of try to to pass the difference there. Um, the ECB have very, been very strong on mental health, which is to be uh, applauded looking after the players, which is part of the reason they, they said they came back from South Africa. Um, but, yeah, it's hard. Well, to, have they? Have they? I mean, they have up to a point, but they've well, also they, they, created a schedule that is absolutely Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. You can't, can't let um, And they have, they have, you know, it's, so I think the team, again, I should probably write this, but I, it seems to me that there is now a divide between Team England, and I mean the players and the management, and the ECB. Because it... They he- heading seem, into these ashes discussions, yeah. particularly, yeah, because they don't seem to have put the postponement option on the table, or even mm. the option of uh, splitting the series by mm. a few months. Uh, and I think it's fair. I don't want to put words in their mouths, but I think it's fair to say uh, some of the team feel that they haven't really been listened to, and it's just the ECB saying, "Yeah, we're going to play. We're guaranteed. We're going to play." Uh, and, and, and again, you can understand why the ECB would do that because they have been very reliant on other countries coming to England, putting up at times with really, really tough quarantines. West Indies and Pakistan in particular did last year. And Australia came mm. too, of course. Mm. Um, so so other nations have put up with quite a lot. But I just think that that uh, it's been going on for so long. It's been going on so mm. long that they just don't want to do it anymore. And and, and they don't need the money. You know, no, they, I think they your suggestion... Money lots of different ways. I don't know who... if if. You heard it or your suggestion about splitting a five match series into three plus two and doing that is a wiser thing during during the pandemic till till it becomes you know, normal again. Except mm. for what do you do? Where, where do you play three tests? So what you'd probably have to do is play the Pakistan series this year 
Anyway, I should be writing all this a story, <laughs> shouldn't I, rather than just speculating. But I suppose that's good. That's switch hits, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. You hear exactly, it here yeah. first and all this the rest is, of it. Uh... You're going to hear me evicted from my hotel room very shortly. Do you hear them <laughs> knocking on the door? <laughs> Dragging you off the bed. Um, we, yeah, we won't, uh, we won't spend too much longer on, on this. Uh, just really, uh, we've looked forward a bit. The, the series um, was a bit, you know, shaping up to be a bit of a classic uh, and, and may still be when it finishes in um, 10 months' time. I mean, Naga, India... Um, have had some, you know, historic victories under Kohli. Uh, uh, thinking overseas, Australia, they've toured twice and won. Um, they were two one up here. That they arguably were favourites to win in trip, the Trent Bridge Test. You know, um, barring rain. Um, how much of a, a sort of a um, a disappointment or underwhelming is it from the India perspective to have left the country with all that uncertain, you know, instead of being fated as uh, uh, winning here for the first time since 2007, I think? Well, he's going to look at it as I'm uh, quitting the series 2-1. So <laughs> so we have job done. Yeah, That's Kohli yeah, was happy. And you will say that at Trenbridge, and he did say that, that we had a crack and they did have a crack though they could have lost it it's not like they it was overcast so so they, they would think that this is i think this is one of the really uh, it's difficult to compare i think the australia triumph is bigger still considering that it came from an understrength side this was um, a much better well equipped indian team lineup and they were playing against a sort of understrength england squad if you had stokes and archer I would think that then, yeah, then this is equally a bigger achievement. But still, having done this 2-1, going into the final test, thinking that you're still ahead, it's, I, I think India would be happy. I don't know where to rank it. That's for them to bother about, not for us. Uh, but yeah, it is one of the historic uh, series. Unfortunately, we'll talk about something else. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, until until the the um, the Old Trafford decider uh, in in June twenty twenty two, George obviously England ended up only winning one Test uh, all summer, which was their worst uh, return at home since the bad old days of nineteen ninety nine. Um, but it reflects where they are, I suppose, with their game and and uh, the uh, uncertainties <clears throat> around their best side and uh, and all of the other issues about pushing Test cricket to the margins in this country. I, I think it also reflects that they played against a really strong opposition. You know, <laughs> yeah, New Zealand yeah. and India. I mean, you know, no disgrace to lose to either of those. And actually, I thought they possibly overachieved a bit against India. I thought it could have been a lot worse. I thought India looked terrific and, and in many ways showed England how to play in English conditions. And clearly England, uh, without Stokes in particular and Archer, you know, they, they are uh, a much weakened side. But yeah, uh, uh, the other issue is um, I feel bad for Joe Root and Chris Silverwood. Uh, it feels like they're going to get the blame. Perhaps if England go to Australia, it'd be, take a miracle to win the Ashes, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, nearly always, but this time in particular. Um and, you know, if, if you get to the end of that and you lost four series in a row or a lot of tests in a row, Ashes tend to bookend careers, don't they? And there will be questions asked about Joe Root's captaincy and Chris Silverwood's coaching. And it, it just feels as if you're sort of um, blaming the sort of boiler man on the Titanic for the ship going down. I mean, what can they do? It, our, our system is a shambles. It's an utter shambles. Uh, and um, it's all predicated upon the next buck. Uh, but we all know that. 
Everybody knows that. Everyone listening knows these arguments. We've rehearsed them many times. So I won't bore you with them again. But if you really want to change things, you know, it's pretty obvious you start with the domestic system and build from there. Yeah. Uh, What's the best performance story? for you guys? You remember? Sorry? Well, yeah, I was going to, going to end on that note, series highlights. But I'm going to pick um, Jasper Bummer's slower ball to, uh, to, to Ollie Robinson at Lords as uh, just the, uh, the chef's kiss moment, um, just when it looked like he might sneak out of that one. Um, brilliant, brilliant bit of skill for him. But uh, yeah, lots to pick from. There was a Joe Root back foot, I don't know what you call it, a fourth sounds so inelegant. A back foot drive, which I think Caress. he broke his 50 at Leeds. No, because he, he really smashed it, to be fair. Both feet off the ground. Went basically through cover. And it was just utterly beautiful. I mean, the absolute peak Joe Root. Never seen him bat better. And he, he's obviously batted beautifully for basically a year. But I thought that shot, I think he brought up his 50 at his home ground. I mean, try and get it on YouTube or something if you can. Absolute perfection. It was David Gower-esque. It was Azaruddin at his best. It was... As good as cricket as you'll ever see, I reckon. And there was loads of great cricket during the series. Obviously, England are a bit flawed. And obviously, I, I think at times, India were nervous. I think it meant quite a lot to them. And, 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 you know, they weren't perhaps perfectly prepared at times. But, you know, Rohit's batting. Wow. And, and Raul as well. You know, there's some really, really high-quality cricket in the series. Um, we saw some great stuff from Ollie Robinson, Jimmy Anderson, of course. But... Uh, you know, I, I thought Rowe could have been player of the series, couldn't he? He could, yeah. Uh, I definitely a candidate. Um, Naga, you're as the uh, as the victors, or at least the <laughs> le- leaders with with a test on pause. Uh, what was your moment? I mean, George grabbed Root. I was going for Root because I really enjoyed watching his batting. And to be honest, but but for me, the series is Kohli's struggles. Uh, the sort for me was like. This is modern, uh, one of the top three batsmen in modern day cricket, along with Steve Smith and Root, possibly across three formats. And then to to see him do everything in training, to do little tweaks, to kind of how did he kind of? For me, the question remains, and I would want to ask him one day: is like, how did you face that inner turmoil? That forget getting a three score, a three digit score or something. Not even like struggling like to hit and miss to kind of be exposed by Ollie Robinson exposed in the sense playing that making that mistake again and again James Anderson of course that has been historic that duel uh, but just to kind of be treat become a normal batsman from a great uh, how do you, how did he kind of <clears throat> face that when he went back to his room did he kind of forget it did, I just want that that for me is the enduring memory of the series uh, Kohli's struggles <laughs> Well, uh, he'll be moving quickly on, I'm sure. We we all will, too. The IPL, uh, <laughs> as mentioned, uh, resumes next. Um, England are due to go to Pakistan uh, still, I think. Well, the Ashes um, discussions, uh, we will hear more on those, too, I'm sure. Um, that will probably do us for today. This This could have been the concluding day of the series. But the tourists have long since packed their bags. Instead, it seems to be raining around the country. The weather, again, doing our job for us. Still a few weeks of the English season to go, uh, so we'll be back for more soon. Until then, my thanks to George and Naga and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com. <laughs>